Well, good morning and welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. Can we give all of our guests a big warm welcome? Give a hand clap. It's great to have you this weekend. And this weekend's a little bit different at Life Church. Instead of uh, now, we would typically kind of be going into more of a slower worship set or into the message. And uh, we wanted to start this uh, Thanksgiving and holiday season off a little bit different this year. And uh, we've been doing this series, The Blank Canvas. And so uh, we wanted Mike Lewis to come and just to have a creative expression of worship and of song. And uh, we're going to take communion together in just a few moments and then have him uh, do what he does, this God-given talent of painting in an expressive way. And um, this week, I don't know about you, but I've been like dieting last week so I can eat more this next week. I'm like planning it strategically. Because I'm going to the land of fried chicken this week. Hallelujah. Meat, grease, and lard. Come on with it. I'm going south. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Oh, i got some fans. Okay. So, um, but, uh, you know, so we, we, we're going into this Thanksgiving week and into this time. And God is amazing. You know, a year ago in, this, in, in our nation, there were a lot of people that were saying the sky is falling and it may never lift. But over these last several months, over this last year, God has proven himself once again to be faithful. Amen? Nobody's, everybody's still here. We've still got a breath and a pulse and we still need to lose weight. Amen? And we're still all right. The Lord's blessed. And at Life Church, it's just been a year of just God doing incredible things. Numerically, we've been able to have some highs. But we have seen more people come to faith in Christ this year than we have in in any year and the church's nine-year history. And then just to see what God's doing in so many cool areas and ways, it's just been amazing. And so we just wanted to start off this holiday season, this Thanksgiving week, and then right into the Christmas season with a time of reflection and a time of just quieting ourselves and just in a time of just thanksgiving and gratitude towards God. So over these next few moments, I don't ask that you have any kind of posture. Matter of fact, I just, you know, if if you... uh, Just let God move in your heart. Let the presence of God just fill your heart these next few moments. And just really just respond to Him. And I think God's going to show up in these next few moments and just really do a work in us as a a church body. And just give us just a, this is just a great way to start this time of the year. So would you bow your head and close your eyes and I'm going to pray and then we're going to begin. Father, I just thank you of all the great things that you're doing. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that Lord, your word says that great is your faithfulness, O God, that your mercies are new every single morning, and your compassions, they fail not. Lord, this last year, there's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of times of fear and panic, and Lord, you've calmed the seas, and you will continue to because you're God and you change not. And though everything else in this world may shift and may move like the shifting of sands, you don't change. Lord, we're so thankful for that. And fathers, we enter into this Thanksgiving week. And then, Lord, as we enter into this Christmas season, I just pray that you're, you would just, um, I thank you for the peace that you've given us. But I just pray, Lord, that we would just quiet our hearts before you. That we would solemnly reflect in our own hearts, in our own lives. Not on anybody else, not on our family, our spouses, our kids, our parents, our friends. But God, upon you and our work in our life. Because sometimes the work of God can kill the work of God in us if we're not careful. And the RPMs and the speeds at which we go at can just totally destroy what you're trying to do. So I just pray, Lord, these next few moments 
Lord, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. We invite the presence, Lord, of you into this place. And I pray, God, you would do your work in our midst. In Jesus' name.
consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. Everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades, never ending. Your glory goes beyond all faith, and the cry of my heart is to bring you praise from the inside out of my soul, cries out from the inside out of my soul, cries out, Lord. In just a minute, we're going to wait on you for a communion. And we're going to do something a little different this weekend. At Life Church, um, we have what we call open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to uh, partake of communion with us. But um, if you're a Christ follower, we invite you to do that. And if you're not, you can just let that, that uh, the cup and the bread just pass right on by. But the Bible says... Um, when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he talked about communion. He said in verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I have also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on that night, he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. For a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and he drinks of the cup. Communion is a time where we celebrate as Christ followers what Jesus Christ did. And the world kind of thinks that's crazy because why do you celebrate death? But it's his death that brings us life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it's that life to the full. It's that overcoming life. And the bread represents the body of Christ and what he did to sacrifice on Calvary's cross. And the cup represents his blood that gives us forgiveness of sin and freedom. And he says here why we do this, verse 26, is to proclaim and to tell what he did in his death and his resurrection until he comes. Because you have to understand, the first century where this was written, they believed and the imminent return of Jesus Christ, just as we do. That Jesus Christ could come back at any day, at any time, at any hour. That there will come a day called the rapture of the church. And where God will come and will take his bride home. The church of Jesus Christ will be raptured away. And so they would do this, because you have to remember too, when this, when, on this account, this last supper, there were 12 disciples in the room, but one of them didn't make it through the resurrection. So there were 11 men that were entrusted with this sacred ritual to remember and commemorate and to explain the death of Jesus Christ. And from those 11 men, some 20 centuries later, we're still celebrating what Christ did through this thing called communion. Because it's not about, it's, it's not about the ritual, it's about the relationship, it's about the fact that it celebrates. And so whenever we 
do this, we proclaim what Jesus Christ did. And, and that's kind of an almost a, a visual tradition that's been passed down from generation to generation, from century to century. Paul says in verse 27 that when you take of communion, make sure that you take of it in a worthy manner. Don't be unworthy, which means not to be lightly or taken in a mockery. So that you do it, that you do it as unto the Lord. This is not something that you just do. And if you're not a Christ follower, let me tell you, taking this communion won't save you. The only thing that saves you, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, then you're saved. Now, if you're here today and, and, and you're far away from God, this is a great opportunity. I mean, how can you look at this picture and, man, if you had this in front of you every day, you'd never sin. You know what I'm talking about? Those eyes just peer right to your soul. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe you're here today and you're far away from God and you go, man, I, I need to give it up. I'd agree. And in this moment, you can just lay it all down and you can just say, Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life. Just like that. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And then as those elements come by, you can take that communion for the first time as a, as a Christ follower. It's that simple. Because the Bible says if we take it unworthily, we, we sin. That's not my judgment, that's God's judgment. So this isn't just something that we do just because we should do. It's not something we do just because. It's something that we think about these sacraments. We think about the, the bread and the cup. So he says in verse 28, so examine. That word examine means to test and to find approved. Now I've always been, been raised to believe that that meant like your past. Examine your past. Examine whatever. The problem with that is, is as a Christ follower, Christ has forgiven our past. That's the one thing about communion that makes it so great. When we celebrate that God forgets, aren't you glad he forgets your sins and casts them as far as the east is from the west? Not only does he forgive you, we have the ability to forgive one another, but we as humans don't have the ability to forget. But that's where deity meets humanity. And God says, I can not only forgive your sins, but I can forget your sins. So far beyond me. So it's not about your past. It's not about your sins in the past. When he says examine yourself, he's talking about the present. Examine your attitude. Examine your heart. Examine where you, your actions today. So that as you take of this cup and you take of this bread and you do it until he comes that you don't do it in an unworthy manner but you do it in a manner in which Christ died for us you do it in a manner which exalts him you do it in a manner which glorifies him because none of us are worthy of the, of the cup none of us are worthy of the bread but by grace we're all saved through faith and that not of ourselves. it's a gift of God lest any one of us would boast but here's what I'm going to do in just a moment the ushers are going to come and we're going to give you these elements of the bread and the cup and I want you to hold that typically we take it together as a corporate body but today I want to do it a little different we're going to do it individually Mike's going to come back and he's going to paint two more paintings and the worship team's going to continue to lead us and what I want you to do is to do exactly what the scripture says examine your heart examine your heart and just make sure everything's right between you and the Lord. Is your heart calloused today? Are you growing cold? Don't let this be just something that you do, that you just take the bread and take the, take the cup. 
but think about what it means. Think about what Jesus Christ did. Just meditate and process and kind of let it marinate for a few minutes. Because I'm telling you, I'm in the church world every single day, and if I'm not careful, the work of God can kill the work of God in me. And I can be doing all kinds of great things, and I can be preaching all kinds of great messages, and the church can be growing, and things can be happening, but I can be dying on the inside. Because this is a personal relationship. It's not religion. Religion will kill you. Relationship will save you. So ask yourself in your own heart, where are you? For me, I'm a typical guy in the fact that I don't cry. Nothing moves me a whole lot that way. But my barometer is when it's been, it's been a long time since I've been in the presence of God and um, I haven't cried. And that may sound goofy and silly to you, but that's just, that's how I know. Because if I can sit in a service and it doesn't move me and I just go weeks and months on end, I'm in a dry season. And so for me, that's my barometer. I don't know what yours is, you know, but I know whether my heart's warm towards the things of God and it, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing on the outside. I'm talking about the inside. I'm talking about the things that you don't see. The things that nobody in this room knows about me. Only God. And that's what I want you to do these next few moments. Is to examine that. Because the Bible says that a broken and a contrite spirit God will never turn away from. Because maybe today it's a whole thing of creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51. Take not your spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because some of you in this room, what you need is just allow the presence of the Holy Spirit just to pour into your heart. You know what's going to be so crazy the day that the rapture does take place? What's going to be crazy isn't what's going to follow as much as what's going to happen in that moment. Because for a split second, the church of Jesus Christ, which is where the presence of God is resident on this planet, will be gone. And this entire world will go into chaos because for the first time since its inception, the Creator will not have His presence on His creation. And it will turn this world into a full tilt. Something that Hollywood and, 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 and 2012 and everything else has no ability to even to predict what it will look like. Why? Not because of sin. No, Jesus Christ paid the price for sin. God can overcome sin. Because of us? No, no, no. Because of some environmental thing no 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 no. this isn't global warming because the presence of God we can live only but but a short time without the presence of God because you and I are created in his likeness and in his image and as a creation we need that touch of the creator so maybe it's just been a long time since you've allowed the Holy Spirit just to kind of seep in and I encourage you I challenge you I ask you as you examine yourself Let your heart break before God. You may cry in the next few moments. You may need to turn around and make your seat an an altar. I don't know. But once you're done with that time of examination, then take the bread and give thanks for it. And then take the cup and give thanks for it. And we're going to do that just individually today. Father, I just thank you for these elements that represent your body which was broken and your blood which was shed. And I just ask, oh God, in these next few moments, that you would allow the presence of the Holy Spirit just to break us. 
mold us. Lord, there's been people in this room, and they're good people. And they've been trying really hard to live this God life. And today the word of the Lord to them is that it's not in trying, it's in trusting that they find the strength of the Lord. There are people in this room, Lord, and, and they, they've really been just, they've just been going and going and going. And maybe doing good things, maybe doing family things, not sinful things, but just going. But the word of the Lord to them is it's not in running, but it's in resting that we find the strength of the Lord. God, I pray you break our callous hearts this morning. God, I pray that you break us, that you, you deal with us and with our issues of apathy and complacency. Our issues where we just give you the Heisman, Lord, and we just push you away. And we allow our heart to get hard, to get hard and calloused. And oh God, when you break us, I pray, just as your word says, that you would pour in the oil and the wine that would clean us and that would heal us. In these next few moments, God, show up in a mighty way as we celebrate your death that brings us life. In Jesus' name. Deep. How 
redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like a beautiful kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. for this last song as we declare how free we are because of the blood of Christ and our chains are gone. Let's sing it together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that turned my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that save me! The hour I first believed, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. His mercy grants unending love, amazing grace. Jesus. 